Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Me, I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. You sounded surprised there that you're Justin McElroy. Honestly, you've been, uh, I'm just excited. You've been on hospital service this week, and I feel like we haven't had much time to talk. And if it takes putting microphones in front of us to get that done, then all right, I'll, a, ta- I'll take it. It's been a busy week. Has been a this busy week. This is very true. Has been a busy week. I'm looking forward to sleeping again soon. Yes, someday. someday. Some sweet day. We said it at the same time. I don't know if you heard me. What? Someday. someday. We said it at the exact same time. It. Yeah. Isolated. <laughs> Rachel, enhance. No, it's okay, Rachel. You don't need to enhance. Uh, so, Justin. Sydney. I want to talk about something this week. First of all, I want to set, set out the name of what I'm talking about and continue to use this term because it is the most accurate, truthful term that should be used. The mark of the beast. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No? What do you want to go with? No, 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 no. (laughs) What do you want to go with? Vaccine verifications. Okay. Uh, First of all, thank you, Patrick Kelly, for recommending this topic. I really appreciate it. I hadn't thought about it as a potential sawbones topic i mean i was aware of it but like the history of it and getting into it and um some of the information about it and stuff um came from this listener so thank you i appreciate it because it's really important right now with all of the various covid19 vaccines out there that we're talking about it a lot and encouraging people to get vaccinated oh yeah yes and and that's the only way we get out of this mess Come on, West Virginia, I'm looking at you. You're slipping. Yep. Although I bet the number of West Virginians that have not yet gotten their vaccine yet listen to Sawbones is a pretty slim little sliver on the Venn diagram. They're still not but, listening, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's still, if you're out there. Who? Uh, first of all, it is really important. This is not a passport. I, I'm going to get into the history of this, but this is not a that is not the accurate name for this document. So when you talk about vaccine passports, that is not what these are. They're not because uh, the the government issues a passport after they evaluate you and make decisions about you based on information that you provide them. Mm-hmm. And it's only something that the government can give you sort of like grant you as a reward for, you know. Being such a great citizen. Not committing a lot of crimes or something. Something, we don't know. Whatever. Whatever the criteria is. That is not what this is because you don't have to, like, prove you're worthy of one of these. You just get the vaccine. It's a statement of truth. It's a fact. 
it's a card that reflects a a truth, which is you've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yep. So it's a verification. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes. Got it. Uh, well, and why are we talking about this? Because uh, there was a global pandemic recently. It's kind of winding down. <laughs> so but, maybe I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, but so you might have missed it. But yeah, it's a global pandemic. And then there's vaccines out there for people. So there has been a lot of debate more specifically about this exact topic. Is it ethical? Is it just? Is it in line with American values? But maybe in other countries, they're also discussing this. I'm not going to say that this is a uniquely American discussion. Um, but is it okay to require some form of proof that you've received a vaccine to participate in various activities? Travel being the most common one that is that is sort of floated, right? Yes. Intra- are you talking about interstate or international? Uh, right now, the only the only way in which people are talking about it are international okay. traveling. Um, okay. I don't, I can't see that. Well, this is, this is an opinion. This is not a fact. It's hard for me to see that being an interstate travel thing. Yes. Because it's really easy. We could be in a different state from where we are in our state in minutes. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily prohibit this from being used to exclude you from like things that happen in like to get into like a baseball game, for example, or something like that. Well, it's tough because then you're getting into private events. So there's, and we're going to get into all this. Okay. There's there's right, multiple sorry. levels in de- which this you. could apply, and the, and different politicians have already come out to very loudly express their views on this subject. Um, oftentimes, I find they don't necessarily look into all of the reasons behind it, pros, cons, risks, benefits. They just sort of weird say things. Our about politicians it. in America. Uh-huh. Um, the the governor of Florida, the great state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has made it clear that this will not happen to Floridians, no. not on his watch. No, 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 sir. Um, this is an invasion of their privacy, and he won't he won't stand for it. Um, QAnon spokeswoman and U.S. <laughs> Congresswoman and friend of Matt Getz, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think she likes all those titles. Quite the resume, you yeah. When you when you talk about her, I think she prefers that you make sure and that all her bona fides yeah. be right there at the. It's important to recognize someone's accomplishments. Uh, she called it Biden's mark of the beast. Um, I guess that's what you were referencing in the beginning yeah, there. Kind of uh, and for his part, Biden just said there won't be a federally issued vaccine verification card. Well, there. So, well, he didn't like a spokesperson said it yeah. for him, but <laughs> but basically that's. So what, why is everybody all upset? Is this something we could do? Is it ethical? Is there a history of this? Is this something we have done, do, already do? Uh, and that's what I want to address because, yes, there's precedent for this. And there, you're probably already sitting there thinking, well, I did have to get a vaccine for whatever you're thinking about at this moment. But I mean, because this is not a wild idea. Well, we um, do it in schools, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that talking specifically about the idea of some sort of card that just says, yes, I got a vaccine, why it is not something to be afraid of, uh, why it is something we should approach thoughtfully and with consideration of, of a lot of different factors. Um, but at the end of the day, the majority of people in this country already support the idea. Okay. So I think that's important to say. You'll hear a lot of people shouting it down, but the majority of people are like, Meh. I just really want to go out into the world again. <laughs> whatever, whatever you need, could I please leave my home? Thank you. It's been a long year. So a common phrase at the turn of the 19th century was show a scar. 
Do you know what that was in reference to? No. So smallpox, which we have talked about on this show before, had long been a scourge throughout the world. We did a whole episode on it, killing many, permanently scarring a large fraction of those who who did survive it um, with all the little pox sores all over your body could leave a scar. And so you, you could be quite scarred from smallpox afterwards. Not everyone was, but you could. And when Jenner um, introduced the cowpox inoculation in 1796, which was the precursor to what would later be used to vaccinate against smallpox, which, uh, again, we've talked about. But that taking was, That was uh, Chris Jenner, mother of King Kardashian, <laughs> creator of the smallpox vaccine, of course. That's uh, the Jenner city he's referring to. Yes, obviously. Well, historical context. Uh, but when when this was first introduced, this marked the beginning of the end for the pox virus, known as smallpox. But uh, how did you prove you got the vaccine? So he introduced cowpox uh, inoculation. This would eventually become a vaccine with a different virus, the vaccinia virus. It's where vaccine, that's what it all comes from. Oh, I know yeah, it seems yeah. like this, convenient. We? Yes, yeah. we've covered this. Uh, well, back then you could do a few things. If you had been vaccinated against smallpox and somebody needed proof that you had, you could uh, provide a document that said it. So whoever gave you the vaccine could just write it down in old-timey fashion. With a with the little pin, dipping it in the, mm-hmm. the little well, the Thou whole bit. receiveth. Get the feather, the whole bit. <laughs> Uh, the vaccine. And you could prove that, or you could just roll up your sleeve and show them your scar. Because the smallpox vaccine was different from probably a lot of the vaccines you've received. Although there are are people who are very well listening to this podcast who did get a smallpox vaccine and know, know this difference. The original process back in Jenner's day involved sort of cutting your skin and like rubbing some pus or scab, some residue into it. Very grody. Yes, to inoculate you, to give you the cowpox. And then you would form a scab at that site. And then when the scab healed and fell off, it left a pretty distinctive looking scar. Uh, Now, obviously, we didn't stick with this method. Over time, we refined the smallpox vaccine. But even the updated methods still could leave a mark. Have you seen the way? Because, I mean, there are people, very there are a lot of people alive today who received a smallpox vaccine. We did not because by the time we came along, mm-hmm. it was eradicated. The greatest generation had already <laughs> taken one in the arm. So uh, it, was, it was gone, but the, a lot of people have. And the way that they used to administer this vaccine, I mean, there were different ones, but the majority got it this way. There was a small needle. It was bifurcated. It had two little tips on the end, two prongs, okay? And you would stick it down in a vial of the vaccine liquid. And then you would just jab it into their deltoid, so in their upper arm, mm-hmm. like 15 times. Cool. Just jab, 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 jab. Right? Bad. Bad. <laughs> uh, you will have some bleeding. Mm, mm-hmm. And some discomfort. And I would imagine some, some discomfort. Some mild discomfort. And uh, it is not uncommon that you're going to have some sort of skin reaction, right? That at this site where you have now uh, been vaccinated, you're going to have some kind of bleeding, scabbing. Again, a scar forms. And this distinctive scar could be used as proof. So if you needed... To show that you'd been vaccinated against smallpox, you didn't have to have documentation necessarily because it was really obvious. You just rolled up your sleeve, showed them this scar, and they went, yep, that's a small smallpox vaccine scar, all right. Um, so could, 
for that matter, having multiple scars because surviving smallpox was also, you know, right. fine. That was a, a an immunity, proof of immunity is at that point. You could have a, an immunity passport as opposed to like, because they did call it that back then. And immunity passport just meant, look at me. I had smallpox. And it could be that simple. And at this point, it was not uncommon for these things to be checked if you were, say, entering the United States mm-hmm. from, from one of the borders. So whether it was Canada or Mexico or Ellis Island, uh, you you may be asked to show one of these forms of proof. Do you have a piece of paper or do you have some scars or a scar to show me to verify that you've been vaccinated against smallpox? Because even at that point, even though this was before the the eradication effort that the world took part in and right. succeeded in and— we really, got tired of fooling around. We could really, we could really like use that to inspire us at this moment. Yeah. But uh, you could, you know, you could show and and get into the country. And then there were also other places where it began to become mandatory. Schools began to mandate different districts, counties, states, different places throughout the United States started to mandate the smallpox vaccine in some industries um, in order to be employed there. You had to get the vaccine and show proof that you had been vaccinated, Um, especially industries like mining or the railroad or like some factories, places where you would be in tight spaces with other people for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. um, They were very quick to implement this as a requirement. And so if you wanted to come back to work, you had to show a scar or Mm -hmm. a vaccine document, something. And so it really became this sort of joint effort between public and private interests, right? In some cases, it was a government-mandated thing, and in some cases, it was really a private business decision. I'm not going to hire you if you don't have this vaccine. Yeah. Um, and a lot of social sort of uh, arenas of the country also followed suit. So, like, to get into your local lodge, I don't know. In the Elks. Yes. VFW. Whatever. They, they might start requiring. Some of them did. Like, well, we really, we only let people in who are vaccinated. So, sorry. I imagine it was sort of like that. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of uh, like, uh, like I'm, I'm so embarrassed yikes. I'll tell you this. It's but. awkward, but. Uh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and as I said, throughout the 1800s, as the vaccine got better, we moved from the cowpox to the vaccine virus. And, and the vaccine was, you know, more regulated and, and um, a better product, so to speak. Uh, the compulsory administration of this vaccine grew from um, county to county, country to country, all over the world. People started to mandate smallpox was really the beginning of required vaccines. Yes. Um, For good reason, as we talked about. Smallpox was a very dangerous, deadly illness that was very communicable. Mm -hmm. So the vaccine was hugely important, and especially since eventually we would figure out we could actually get rid of smallpox, so even more so. Now, as soon as we have talked about on the show before, no sooner had we made vaccines and started saving lives than some people decided vaccines were evil or bad or, yes, you know, infringing on They're our very liberty. very challenging people. They've been with <laughs> us always. Yes. And they began to fight back against the survival of the human race. Um, <laughs> Inspiring. <laughs> by, and so there were, of course, court battles. And by 1905, the Supreme Court of the United States had already kind of settled the matter that, like, you can mandate vaccines. And along with mandating vaccines, I think comes this 
natural progression to proof of that, right? Right. Because I mean, what's the point of mandating it if you can't prove that it happened? Yes. And so in order to participate in certain things for public good, it is okay that we um, mandate these vaccines. And it's and it, we've talked about this on the show before, but I think it's a good reminder that the rhetoric that was used to fight vaccines then was the same – in many cases, the same rhetoric that we see now. Um, it was the idea of individual liberty. I, why don't I want the vaccine? I don't know. I just don't want it, so I shouldn't have to get it, that kind of thing. Um, all the way to uh, the there was a fear that the smallpox immunization scar specifically, that scar that so many people had, was the biblical mark of the beast. So so busted, guy. We ju- you've tried it with everything. Give up credit card chips, uh, Tamagotchis. I've heard that Tamagotchis? one. Tamagotchis? Mark of the Beast. Really? I don't know. Okay. I bet somewhere, somebody. That's interesting. Did. <laughs> Maybe did that with Tamagotchis. I don't know. Um, they try with everything. Yes. Tattoos. Come on. Yes. Grow up. So, anyway, uh, so that was sort of the the roots of, of the beginning of the concept of mandating a vaccine and then thereby needing some sort of proof. But this wasn't the end. This was just the beginning. And I want to tell you what happened next. But before we do that, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones 50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just 
take stuff off the palate that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palate onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on all right sid what's that what was the next step that we took so in, in vaccine uh, verification. As we as we came up with more vaccines, as we you know created more tools to use to prevent uh, deadly and and um, terrible diseases, uh, we needed ways to prove that you've got the vaccine. And so it is not uncommon for you to just use your doctor's records, right? Like if your pediatrician or family doctor has records of your childhood vaccines, um, health departments keep records of those things. So it's sort of like person to person to get their vaccine records. Um, But it is standard practice to have to show these to attend public school or university. You know, if you want to, I mean, for me, not only did I have to show verification of all the vaccines I'd I'd received to go to medical school. Um, I had to receive some more and show verification of those. And I also had to have antibody titers drawn, meaning that they had to look at my blood and make sure that I was immune to certain things like um, measles, mumps, rubella, show that not only had I received the vaccine in the past, but it was still, but that it was still working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it is not uncommon to have to prove vaccination or immunity in our day to day. There, There are many realms. If you want to hold a newborn child of ours, there are lots of vaccines we're going to require that you have had. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask my parents. <laughs> um, this became like a commonplace idea in society that vaccines are necessary for the public good. You can have private documents that are ac- accessible to you at your, you know, provider's office that you can go get and show whenever necessary. Right. right. Um The other common example, though, to kind of go outside of that, because that's, again, like in that personal one-on-one sort of healthcare realm where it's Mm -hmm. just you and the, you know, you're getting your personal healthcare records to prove it. Um, The other common example is something called the International Certificate of Vaccination or Prophylaxis. Now, 
that's a big long name for what at least I have always called the yellow card. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people refer to it as the yellow card. Why do they call it the yellow card? Because it's a yellow card? Yeah, it's yellow. <laughs> That's so confusing, though, because what if they start using a different color? It's like when at Kamak, when we had pink slips and then they started using white, and it's like, I, what, what, what do you call this? Pink slips is what you got when you got in trouble, you know, you got detention yeah. or whatever, because it's been a pink slip. We used to get this thing called a violation, which sounds really intense now. But it wasn't color coded, is what I'm saying. No, it was just a, I think it was white. But, it was just but anyway, these cards are yellow. Yes, it is a yellow card. <laughs> And it was created by the International Sanitary Conventions that started in 1933 and then sort of it was a process of creating this, the, these standards and these documents. And anyway, it was amended in 1944 to mandate that uh, on this card for travel, you had to prove um, cholera vaccination, smallpox and typhus vaccination, and then yellow fever, either immunity or vaccination. Either you had it and you're immune or, or you've got the vaccine. Um, those were the original things that you would always need to include on your yellow card. And what a country decided to do in terms of requirement was really up to them, right? Like this was a World Health Organization effort to come up with these standards, but it was a country by country rule. So one country might say you have to have all these things. Another country might say you don't necessarily, you know, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. Like that, if you you can look this up now, if you're going to travel, you have to look this up because we're going to get to there's still one vaccine that this is very relevant for. Um, and over the years, this would be changed and updated. Some things would start to drop off, like the the cholera vaccine is not really particularly effective, and we have better treatments for it. So like we don't get that anymore, right? right? Who's gotten a cholera vaccine? Not me. But yeah, most of us haven't. So and then the smallpox vaccine, we eradicated it. Woo. So. We don't have to get that anymore. Yeah. So things would fall off of the list. Um, and so now it is mainly used to provide proof of vaccination to yellow fever. That is the primary use. Now, it can be – there's plenty of room on a yellow card to put all your vaccines. Yeah. Got to catch them all. All your vaccines and a place to put something like prophylaxis. Like let's say you're going to a country where malaria is endemic and you're taking malaria prophylaxis. You can put that on your yellow card. So there's room for all these other things. And a lot of people get confused and think that it's a yellow card because it's about yellow fever. This is not true. It's just because it's yellow. Got it. That's just, a, that's just you know, coincidence. Convenient coincidence. All mine has on it now is yellow fever because there are certain countries around the world that not only can you not go to if you can't, like they won't let you come in unless you have your yellow card that proves you've been vaccinated against yellow fever, um, you can't even travel through them. Mm. So you have to be really careful. Like if you're going to do travel abroad, check about yellow fever vaccination because if you have a connecting flight through a certain country, you might end up not being able to get where you're going yeah. because there, because yellow fever can be so bad <laughs> and it can be deadly and we really want to stop letting people go get it and spread it. And, yeah. Well, not spread it, but get it. Right. You don't spread it. Mosquitoes spread it. Yeah. <laughs> We'd rather the mosquitoes stop getting on planes. Yes. Just keep our mosquitoes <laughs> off planes. Charge why those they, guys. Why are they doing this? Why are they traveling on planes and getting it? How are they even getting tickets? Why can mosquitoes travel on planes when I'm not allowed to? Come on. Come on, Biden. And the thing is, these mandatory vaccines for travel, we know helped encourage people to get these vaccines. Like, for instance, in the case of smallpox, 
all of these different pressures that I've already mentioned, public pressures when it came to school and things, um, or like the military could require a smallpox vaccination, um, private pressures where like you couldn't, you know, go to your social club or you couldn't have your mining job or whatever unless you got these vaccines, plus travel pressures. Mm-hmm. Look, you can't come to our country if you haven't been vaccinated against smallpox because we're trying to, you know, get rid of it. And we don't want you bringing it here. So get your vaccine if you want to come visit. Um, All of those things definitely contributed, I mean, in huge part, to the eventual eradication of smallpox. So there's precedent and there are several arguments to be made that this is not only necessary but kind of inevitable, you know, Mm -hmm. because we've seen this play out before. Now – There are a couple of factors to move into, like, if we were going to do this. And again, no one is doing this in the U.S. right now. This is not a federal law, rule, mandate. Nobody is investigating, you know, there's a lot of sort of fear-mongering about the federal government is going to come out and demand you. I mean, that's just not happening right now. Um, But one thing to consider is that other countries are already doing a form of this. Mm -hmm. Israel has a green pass, and multiple European countries are also looking into a digital green certificate, which would be the same thing. It's a proof of vaccination against COVID-19. Hawaii and New York are both considering this idea, and New York is already testing one that's like a beta testing of something called the Excelsior Pass. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Israel, by the by the way, has, I think, one of, if not the best, sort of adoption rates of the vaccine uh, on the planet. They, I saw today yes. they just lifted a mass mandate for outdoor activities so so exceptional is their mm-hmm. spread of vaccinations yes there. yes um we they they have done an impressive job in vaccinating people collecting data proving the vaccines worked reassuring people about um a lot of the data we have that shows that at this point we we've very much believe not only can you not only does the vaccine protect you from dying of COVID, from being hospitalized with COVID, from getting COVID, but also from spreading COVID. A lot of that has come out of Israel. So, you know, we've seen success in countries and they're already sort of doing this. China has a digital passport and multiple tourist destinations have begun to advertise that you can visit with no testing or quarantine if you can provide so they're not requiring it. That, and this is sort of like the way it'll go, right? Like you can – we really want you to come because we're a touristy spot on the planet and that's how we – you know, that's how we pay our bills is usually with tourist dollars. And we want you to come back. But right now if you come, you have to get tested before and you got to quarantine for so many days and it's a whole hassle. But if you get that vaccine and you prove it, you don't have to do all that stuff. Right. You can just show up, show us your card, you're good. And so I think, again, that's that that soft pressure, Right. If you yes. do this, your life can be more convenient and fun, so you should get the vaccine. We're not requiring it. We're just incentivizing it. Right. Um, so with all that in mind, why shouldn't we then? What are some of the arguments against other than Mark of the Beast things? Like what are some real logical arguments against it? Um, I mean I have some, but I'd love to hear yours. What do you have any thoughts? Do you want to do you want to venture a guess before I start telling you? Something? I mean, I don't have to guess. I know what my concerns are. I don't think we should be. I don't think. I want to withhold my my issues okay. with it because uh, you always you'll make me look dumb if you address this <laughs> stuff before I say it. So I want to hear I, to see if you address my 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 issues and concerns. I have for me, it's a timing issue. I have some real concerns now. I think 
the Sydney of the future would feel very different. But the right now. Well, she's going to have her hover boots and, you know, <laughs> nutrient pills. She's not going to have time to worry about COVID. I can zoom high above the earth, <laughs> above COVID. <laughs> Leave COVID below me. Do you, need a, do you need a vaccine verification passport to go to Mars? Because that's what Sydney's going to be of the future. Yeah, actually, yes, we should do. But that's. Yes. No anyway. COVID on Mars. <laughs> no COVID on Mars. There is a feeling that right now is just too soon. Okay. There's still transmission of the virus at various levels in various places that, that is still quite high, mm-hmm. right? Um, the vaccines aren't 100%. They're mm-hmm. really, really good. No vaccine is 100%. That's just, they just aren't. And so the idea that this is a cure-all, we just give a, get, get your verification this and do whatever it. you want. No, we're not quite there yet. Right. So, I mean, there, there's one argument, which is it's not that this is a bad idea. It's that you're pushing it. You're rushing it. Certainly in the U.S., we are not ready to just give people their cards and let them go travel willy-nilly. We're just not there. Mm-hmm. Not that we won't be. We're just not there yet. Also, along these same same lines, the distribution of the vaccines from country to country is predictably far from equitable. Some places, like the U.S., are vaccinating 3 million people a day, mm-hmm. which is good. We got a lot of people, so— got a ways to go, but we're doing good. There are other countries where they're still struggling to get vaccines to frontline healthcare workers. Hmm. So if we're going to start this sort of global effort, as we have done in the past, to create, you know, a vaccine verification and and make it mandatory for international travel, it's really inequitable because there are going to be certain countries where their citizens are traveling a lot sooner than other countries who are lagging behind because they haven't been given the resources and the support and they don't have the money and the leverage and the power to get their people the vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. So so there's some issues with that too. And then when you look within each country, it's the same thing, right? What I just described is a global problem. Well, look state to state, county to county, city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood, this same problem is happening within the U.S. as well. Um, black Americans have received the vaccine at half the rate of white Americans and Hispanic Americans are even less than that. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to start saying like this is your magic ticket and everybody who has it can go do whatever they want. And if you don't have it, you're still stuck in your house. Well, that's a pretty lousy thing to say right now when – Statistically, if you're white, you're way more likely to have been able to access the vaccine, be fully immune, and go do whatever you want. And and to not have the historically based hesitancy about, you know, this sort of thing, which I think um, minorities in this country, there is a lot of that hesitancy. And I think it is well (laughs) – well earned. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, there's not a more delicate way of saying it. I get it. Like, I mean – yeah, for sure. We've documented on this show, like, the the many, many ways that we have mistreated, you know, minorities, with the, specifically the medical establishment in this, in this country. So, yes, I, I get it. Absolutely. The, the, there is, it is completely understandable that, especially in the United States, if you are a black American and you do not trust the medical system, well, we haven't given you many reasons to, have we? And so I think that is understandable. And the impetus has been on us for a long time, long before a pandemic and a, and a COVID-19 vaccine that we desperately need everyone to get. The impetus has been on us, the healthcare system. I guess I am the 
I really don't want to be the representative for the American healthcare hey, system. Hun, on this show, it's either you or me. Yeah, I <laughs> and know. I don't think I'm a better representative for the American healthcare system. As much as I dropped I, a TV on hey, my finger listen. when I was four. Come on. <laughs> I am a doctor, and I love taking care of people. I couldn't hate the American healthcare system more than I do. That's fair. Yeah. I, I could. I couldn't feel more nauseated by it. But I understand, and that we have not done a good job of trying to make right our many, many wrongs um, and still committing those wrongs today. Um, that is absolutely the truth. So with all that, how do you just, I mean, it's it's really, this is such a privileged thing at this moment. If that is what we do next is there's your card, go have fun, go on cruises, go all over the world, do whatever you want. You're the, you're the winner. Take off your mask and have fun. It's just wrong, right? It feels wrong. It is wrong. We're not there. We got to wait longer and we need to make sure that everyone has access to the vaccine before we start talking about this kind of thing. And that's not true right now. And then, of course, there are privacy concerns with digital stuff. So a lot of the talk has been if we were going to pursue this and this is what they've the model that they've used in some other countries is instead of the you know, I have a physical yellow card that has my yellow fever vaccination record on right. it. It is, a, it is a piece of paper that I keep in my passport so that it is with me every time I travel. Not that I need it a lot of the time, but it's with me. What we're talking about in a lot of these concerns is not a physical thing. It would be something that you could have on your phone and you could show or what, whatever. Right. You, Which means it's in the cloud. Yes. And there are a lot of concerns with, like, this general distrust of the, the government and data collection and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, that is not particularly my concern. I, I am happy to let the government know that I've been vaccinated to whatever, but it depends on what we what are we granting new powers to the government to restrict yes. movement based on that. That makes that starts to get sketchier. It does. It does, and I think it's I think that's always a concern. If we're going to leave it in the in the hands of government entities to decide what they do with your information, I mean, mostly for me, they just push me ads for kids clothing on Facebook. I don't, I just don't think, um, I don't think we should do this. I don't think we should ever do this. Why? I, okay. Cause okay. my, see again, everything I'm saying is a not now problem. Yeah. I'm not saying a not ever problem. Okay. Once vaccines are widely, like we're talking about a hypothetical where vaccines are widely available, right? Anybody mm -hmm. can walk into a place to get the vaccine. Correct. In this, in this hypothetical future. Yes. Do you want to lump in kids? Can kids get the vaccine in this hypothetical future? Is that a, are we at a point where like kids can get the vaccine if they want? Yes. Okay. I don't think that we should be spending resources on creating a system like this. I think we should be spending resources on like showing the like why people should be getting the vaccine, encouraging them to get it, education. Um, all that stuff. I don't see why, because at a certain point, if everybody can get the vaccine, then I think that you, the personal like choice does come into it. Like you don't find like you're taking the risk, but it is you taking the risk. And if you want to get the vaccine, then you can get the vaccine. Like I'm, I'm, those are the two, right? I mean, but there are still people who won't be able to get this vaccine. Right. And there are going to be people for whom it is not effective. Not a lot. Do you mean like medically speaking? Yes. Like, yeah. I mean that there are people who for medical reasons will not be able to receive these vaccines. Mm -hmm. And don't, I mean, I I think that that is, that is the whole thing with public health. 
we have to create a system in which we protect people who cannot, for medical reasons, get the vaccine or who get the vaccine and maybe they have some immunosuppression. They don't respond the same way and they're not necessarily protected by the vaccine. This It's not about whether or not I think the people who are immunosuppressed and can't get the vaccine should be able to leave their house. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that we get there quicker through education and like basically politicking for this thing versus – because, like, it stands to reason that my my logic would be if this thing is so great and safe and effective, everybody should want to get it, right? So we shouldn't need to mandate people getting it. It should be something that everybody wants to get. So how do we get to that point? Like, how I, do we get to that 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 point? I agree with you that that step has to come first. I am not – I am – again, this is why I, I do not think this would work now or should happen right now. I am not in favor of this as a now thing because I, I think you're right. We need to do – more work and a lot better work educating people as to why they should get the vaccine also, and making them comfortable with so it. So I can clarify, right? We're not even in the – like we can't even with this because it is like a version of coronavirus. Like we're not talking about eradication. Like that's not even on the not, table. Right now, That no, that is not the conversation. It is very much um, proof of vaccination so that you can allow people to move around without the risk of creating outbreaks. Right. Um that is all that they're talking about at this point. And I think that as using this as precedent, using this as historical precedent, everything I just said, having to prove that you were vaccinated against smallpox somehow or that you already had it, it did help get it out there more. People did get the vaccine who weren't necessarily anti-vax but were a little nervous and had heard the stuff about it and knew it was probably safe, but just weren't ready to take that step, by the the enticement of getting to do things was pressure that, that encouraged keeping, people to do but it. But, like, who has I mean, the ability— I mean, we've got historical precedent for it. I'm not disagreeing with that. Who has the ability to do that gatekeeping? Who is the per, Who is the person that you're going to hand that power over to and say, you can decide who gets in and out? Is well, it Private the, industry can do it. I mean, any business, I mean, any group can do it already. Mm -hmm. If you want to say all of your workers, now I think they'll wait until the vaccines, you know, because they all got emergency use authorization, right? Right. And that is not typically, so like I am mandated to get a flu vaccine in my job. Right. I would anyway, but I'm <laughs> mandated. Um, if for some reason I medically cannot get it, then I, the, I have to wear a mask all the time at work, which doesn't seem so strange now. Um, but I am mandated to. And that's fine. I mean, I think that's okay. Again, I couldn't attend medical school until I'd received all my vaccines and proven. I wasn't allowed to travel to certain countries until I'd proven that I'd been vaccinated. Right. All those things I think are fine. And this will be an extension of that. Not now, but eventually it will be the same thing. Do you really want to have your healthcare workers possibly... What if you what if you're sick and you have a, a a doctor or a nurse or somebody who walks into your room and hasn't been vaccinated against COVID and could give you COVID? They can't give me COVID. I'm vaccinated well, against I'm COVID. I'm saying, what if you're not? Why didn't I get vaccinated against COVID? Maybe you couldn't. <sighs> the, this is the, public health. This is what herd immunity is. Do, it's we all stand up and do our part and get vaccinated to protect the herd. This is what it is. What a, percentage? A year ago, we said what it wasn't. 
Now right. we're getting to what it is. What percentage of people are we talking about who can't like because if if there's a percentage of people that cannot get the vaccine, mm-hmm. that is also something that has not been widely like discussed or talked about. Is that is that a I'm not obviously everybody has the right to be to be safe. I'm not saying like well oh well tough noogies, but like is that a statistically significant what what who yeah, are the people any, that can't anyone get? okay anyone who is on. So, no, the only reason you can't get the vaccine is if you're allergic to it. Okay. Okay. So, you're right. That's going to be very few people. Okay. However, that is what I was referring any, to. Anybody who is immunosuppressed, they can get the vaccine maybe, but they're less likely to respond to it. And okay. so, they still need protect. They still, theoretically, need extra protection. Maybe the vaccine works in them just fine, but we don't have the assurance of that. And so, they're, I mean, they can do everything that they can do and still be at risk. And then again, I think they they have a right to be able to go outside of their home. Just it's like true. We do. I hadn't. I hadn't. When I had formulated these these, I, it's just, the the point that some people, even vaccinated people, will not be as safe is a very good one, and not one that I had had necessarily folded. It just makes me so nervous when we start talking about like the way that power has been used in this country. Like when when we've given power to either corporations or the government, I think especially in light of the past few years um, and, and, you know, but like throughout, you know, the entirety of the American experiment, like I think time has shown that like if you give power to the government or corporations, like they will not quickly see that power back to you or that database or that information or whatever because the threat has passed, right? Like – Consider what we did in in after nine eleven, the 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 amount of like liberty, both digital and physical, that we eschewed and like yes. g- gave to the government in a rush to protect ourselves. Right, I, and I, I don't agree with that. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy that. theorist here, but like we didn't get those back. Right, the 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 the, the they didn't stop tapping phones and and every, and everything because the whatever whatever but the you, danger had passed like. Uh, this is why I think, and I'm I just think, saying it should be handled with trepidation, and should be. It, mm-hmm. Is that the best and smartest way? Of it doing should it? be. It's not just what it should be handled with; it's who it should be handled by. It who should be handled tr- by public health professionals who have devoted their life and study and service to knowing these things, to understanding the risks and benefits, and to enacting policies that protect people while infringing on our individual liberties as little as possible. And there are people whose job it is to know this. And if we listen to them and not to random politicians who just say whatever they think people want to hear, then we will get somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the same thing we've seen in this state with a number of issues. We have politicians making decisions on things like how do we deal with addiction and recovery and, and needle exchange programs. Yes, well, the public health professionals say one thing, but I'm a politician. I'll do something different. Right. If we leave it in the hands of public health professionals, this can be done right. And I do believe that part of that will eventually be a verification process. I believe eventually there will pro- there will be a day, I would guess, that you have to prove this to go to school. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to be true. And I guarantee you there will be a day that I would not be allowed to go do my job in the hospital without a proof. The, of vaccination against COVID-19. I guarantee you that day will come. And I think that that is fine. But public health professionals have to make those decisions. I just don't, I, I guess my trust with like, 
giving Fauci? Not Fauci. Fauci isn't like I'm not talking Fauci's not gonna be the guy standing in in like people like Fauci make these policies. They can make the policies, but they're not gonna be the ones enforcing them. Oh well that's I'm sorry. That I, I the, it gives me a lot a lot of trepidation. Like it, I know, it makes but me nervous. It, it, it's worked well in in West Virginia, we have some of the strongest, I know you, you're going to be shocked at this, some of the strongest vaccination laws in terms of, especially kids in public schools in the country. And it works really well for us. And it is it is a good, strong policy that should not be reversed. And even, even in our legislature, when people challenge it, it doesn't stick. We still stick with the good rules. Yeah. Even one here. The, one of the few things that we've the, nailed. The thing is... Uh, the vaccines are our way out of this. This is how we get out of this. I mean, that just continues to be true. I want to hug people when I see them and shake their hands. And I want to see their faces again. I want to fly on planes. I want to be in crowds. I want to be smushed side by side with people watching a band play again someday. I want those things. Well, we may be a little old for that, but <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, and that we, we see, got we'll through see, this. We see Blippy standing shoulder to shoulder with other adults. Many of us got through this alone because we had to, to protect other people. And it's been really hard to get through it alone. And I think that it's beautiful that the, the thing we do now to end it is the thing we do together, which is we go get our vaccines it's the it's it it needs to be the unifying experience that we all have to end this period of solitude you go and you get your vaccine and once you've done that to save lives to preserve the human race if you will <laughs> not really but sure tell yourself that to be part of the solution and not part of the problem when you've done that why would you not want a badge of honor to show why would you not want a certificate of accomplishment? I mean, it's the best participation trophy you will ever get in your life. I'm not, I, I don't disagree. I think that that is a lovely sentiment for sure. I just don't trust, I don't trust the government. <laughs> I just don't trust the government. But you still want everybody to get vaccinated, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. that's the cornerstone of my whole thing is like everybody should be getting vaccinated. We should just be proving to people that it's safe and effective. I think that because there has been such a, a vacuum of good, solid public health discourse for a while, not by all entities. I'm not. I'm not. You know, throwing shade at everybody who's involved in public health, but I think on a on a broad level, there's been such a vacuum that's there is so much conspiracy that's been allowed to flourish, so much um, flourish, so much misunderstanding of this that people are just proceeding with so much caution because it's a to build back the trust that we have lost as a medical community as a, as a public health force for good to build that back i mean it's a long road agreed agreed go get a vaccine hey go get your if, if you're you, listening to this vaccine if you're listening to this and show it's accessible to you because there are still places that aren't like west virginia like here you Coda, can just go get it now yeah. oh it's Co everywhere come on down i don't even think they're looking at licenses <laughs> i don't e yeah i don't know if they are it's worth a shot come yeah. to west virginia come on down no, i shouldn't come, say that come no. visit no um 
But like, if you're listening to this show and you could get your vaccine and you haven't, I feel like you've been listening to this show. Maybe you haven't been hearing this show. If I can be put put a finer point on it. And I, I man, I, I, I'm so conflicted about this one. And I feel like people are going to yell at me because anytime that I'm not 100% um, sure of myself and I start trying to figure stuff out while recording a podcast, people will tend to get mad at me for it. But like, I do. Like, I do look at the history of this country and like most countries, but like this country and like it makes me frigging nervous. It, it makes me like what happens when there's a fee? What happens when there's a $20 charge? I agree. To get this? Like, I agree. I'm, I'm not. I think it is wild to jump into something like this and not have some trepidation about making sure it is executed in a fair and equitable fashion. I, I agree with all of that. That is exactly why I said all that, because I think there are there's a ton of thought that has to go into this, and it can't just be something that we, again, you can't just get your card and it's your magic ticket and you go do whatever you want. I agree with you completely. I would just say that eventually this there, a form of this will happen. Mm-hmm. That this, this is coming eventually. Um, and, and you're right. To get my yellow fever vaccine, I paid. I paid money to get that yellow fever vaccine that I put on my yellow card and mm-hmm. then was able to go places. So, I mean, you're not wrong. I want to get that isolated as a text message alert, too. You're not wrong. Just used to telling me that. But go get your vaccine. Come on. As soon as it is available to you and your appointment time comes up, I know not everybody can just go get it like we can here yep. right now. Gosh, that is so weird to so say. So swanky living in West Virginia. West Virginia. Right? Um, can't go to a, can't but, go to a Whole Foods. But dang it, we can get as many vaccines as we want. I can't even. Anyway, but go, but yes, when it is your turn, please get vaccinated. Please. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you have enjoyed yourself. We got a book. It's called Solomon's Book. You can get it at book places. Um, so if you like this show and you want, uh, to get, um, you, you're ready to take the next step. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best way of doing it. Uh, thanks to the taxpayers for these, their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thanks to you for listening. We'll be back with you soon. But until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't draw a hole in your head. Fun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Max Fun Drive 2021 is coming. It'll be May 3rd to May 14th. To get in the spirit, we asked folks like you to let us know what Maximum Fun and our shows mean to them. You know, the, the Maximum Fun Network is really important to me because it is not just a collection of podcasts, but it is a lifestyle and a value system. The podcasts frequently and deftly float between meaningful and irreverent, in one moment drawing attention to social issues, and in another making dick jokes about Klingons. It shouldn't work, but it does. And I have to believe it's because Max Fun's podcasts are, at their core, thoughtful and kind and human during a time that has often felt cold and isolated. So keep being great and doing what you do. Max Fun Drive will be May 3rd to May 14th, 2021, and you won't want to miss it. Brilliant apps, drive exclusive gifts, and maybe some surprises. 
Want to directly support the hosts of the show we just jumped into? Come back May 3rd for Max Fun Drive.